Well, amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I want to wish all of you uh, just a blessed and safe Fourth of July so far. Hopefully all your fireworks went well. You was able to get out and, and just enjoy yourself. Hopefully all y'all had some good barbecue going on yesterday and just had a time to just enjoy a part of your, uh, your freedom that the government has given to you. But this morning, we're praying that we go to another level and enjoy the freedom that God has given to us. And starting with us being able to come together like this and be free, nothing binding us, nothing holding us back, that we can come and worship our God. Because I'm here to tell you, this is the freedom right here that really counts. This is the freedom that makes a difference right here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible said there's liberty. And so we thank the Lord this morning that he's given us this right, this God-given and right that we can gather and fellowship with one another, fellowship with the communion of the Holy Spirit, and fellowship with our great and awesome God. So you're so blessed this morning because you called in and thought it not robbery. So we give God praise for this liberty we have. And Paul admonishes us in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. He said, you need to stand fast in this. God has gave his son to pay for this. We need to learn how to stand fast in it and never, ever be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. In other words, being denied this freedom. But I'm kind of a, of the understanding that if we don't use it, we lose it. And so we need to take full advantage of this freedom because we don't know what's around the next bend with the craziness out there right now. Somebody may try to take this away from us. And rightfully so, if we don't use it. When God gives you something and he comes back and checks to see how you're using it, I read about three different individuals in the Bible where he took the talent from the one who didn't and gave it to the one who did. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't want to fall into, into that, uh, you know, into, into dealing with God on his terms that way, use the liberty which God has given you. Invite someone else to come. It don't take nothing but just calling in on a number and just coming and enjoying this freedom. Uh, and you're going to hear a lot about the, the things that God has done for us. Amen. That makes us so blessed that we are free to hear these things and free to apply these things and get the benefit that God promised. Amen. Jesus did die. And so that means the will is being read. We're going to hear a little bit about the will this morning. And guess who the benefactors are of all of those promises? We are. Those precious promises, he, they are for us. They're ours. As we learned the other day, you know, we are heirs to the promises of God, the heirs to, to the promises of Abraham, the heirs to the kingdom of God. That's us, y'all, because we're saved. Amen. So we want to just welcome you this morning. We Give God praise, glory, and honor for all of our prayer partners, prayer warriors, intercessors, gatekeepers out there. You know, men and women that stand on the wall in their cities and hopefully do pray for the city. And God just look for one person in each city and he says, I'll spare the city. And we know Tallahassee is going to be fine even though we have an uptick and a breakout here because we're here praying. We know Georgia going to be fine because Pastor Eric and Pastor Peter got that covered. So we know all these places where God has got at least one believer praying that they're going to be all right eventually amen god's going to turn this thing around that the devil meant for bad and work it out together for our good and i don't know about you but i can see the cloud and the spirit that's beginning to gather over all these places where where prayers are going up the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous are failing much and we're regaining some territory god is rebuilding on the waste places and we're going to see a great great comeback because God is still in control. The earth is still healed, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. He's still the God of the cattle of a thousand hills. He owned it all. And the good news about this is they can't take it from God. Is God created it for himself. It may not be bringing pleasure and glory and honor to as a whole, 
uh, to his name right now, but I'm here to tell you, man, he's turning this thing around and he's going to restore it. He's going to bring a new restoration to it. God is going to rescue it because God is God and nobody can stop God. And he'll lead man uh, to himself, to his own vices for a season or two. But then when God has had enough man and been provoked to enough jealousy, you'll see God move, man. And when God moves, everything else, all of his enemies, man, they get scattered. You know, they got, and then the king of glory just comes in and we know that it's God, amen. We know that it's his power. So we honor the Lord this morning as we honor and bless all of you this morning. But thank you to Robert, he joined us this morning. We do want to honor Pastor Sharon today, who's here with me celebrating her, her birthday today. And uh, Pastor Phoebe and Pastor Eric being here today, right here in our presence. Amen. And so we honor them today. Our ministers that are on the line, we heard checking in this morning. And all of you this morning, just want to say to you, ma'am, you know, we love you all. We thank God for you all. And we do not take your presence or your life for granted. And we want to make sure that we enhance your ability to live before God, to walk before God in faith. Amen. And we believe that we have assembled, uh, you know, uh, teachings on these mornings and these Wednesdays and Thursdays and Sundays that we gather together to be able to help you to be able to do that successfully. Amen. And all we need you to do is just show up. We'll provide you with a meal. We'll feed you some fresh manna from heaven because as the Lord feeds us, we have to feed you because he said, if you love me, Pastor Lester, if you love me, Pastor Sham, if you love me, Pastor Phoebe, if you love me, Pastor Eric, I know he said that to Peter, but we're the Peters of the day. Amen. We're the feeders of the day. And he's giving seed to the sower. And he said, hey, if you guys love me, feed my sheep. Give them something to eat. Amen. And I can tell you, never, ever, ever will you get on this particular line or anywhere we're gathered and eat some junk, eat some scraps, eat some stuff that's just thrown together. You ain't eat no poems up in here. You ain't read no philosophies up in here. You ain't read no traditions up in here. You're going to get the pure and adulterated word of God. I stand on that. Amen. And so let your ears hear this morning what does say the spirit of the Lord. I believe he's got something for us all day today. So this morning, we're going to give you a little, a little pre-taste. Make sure you come back at 1030 for the praise and worship. Make sure you come back at 11 o'clock. Get all that God has prepared for you today. Go out to your family members and invite them. They probably today, man, probably drunk, hanging, hungover from last night. They need to get on this line and drink some of this new wine. Get on this line, man, and do something for their soul, for their spirit. And so you get in contact with them and tell them, I want you to go to church with me this morning and invite them and tell them how to do it. Share that number with them. All right, then we're going to get into this word but let's go ahead and open with our signature this morning so that we'll register in heaven and god will know that it's his children this morning somebody say it's me again lord yeah knocking on the door it's me again lord here we go again lord yesterday's gone today we back with some more need we need more of you so father this morning as we come we come in the name of your son your awesome incredible amazing name of your son jesus christ and we pray this morning our father which art in heaven Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory. It all belongs to you. Now, Father, let your will be done in our lives here today, in this place that, that we call earth, O oh Lord God, as it is in heaven. Holy Ghost, we trust you right now with every set of ears, every set of eyes, every life that's on this line this morning, seeking after your kingdom, your way of doing things, want to be knowledgeable of who you are, want to hear your word this morning so that they don't perish from a lack of knowledge and they don't perish from a lack of vision. God, you gave us this man that we create this prayer culture for God. This is the vision, Lord God, that our message will go out, resonate on these 40-some plus platforms and all those out there who play, Lord God, these recordings, of Lord God, that are being blessed by them, whether they introduce themselves, Lord God, whether we physically meet them,
him will ever be in their presence. God, we thank you for you have done a masterful job allowing us to purchase equipment and owe no man nothing but to love him and assemble it together, have the expertise to use it for your greater glory, to get the message out. God, even record it and archive it so that people can go back in future days and still listen and hear it and lives can be impacted and changed for the greater good. So we honor you this morning. Only you could have done a blessing like that. But that's what you tell us, oh God, in the book of Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, that the blessings of the Lord make you rich, plentiful, complete, nothing missing, like in a broken, Lord God. And God himself added no sorrow to it. So there are people this morning are being delivered out of sorrowful situations and circumstances because they're able to access and hear these messages, Lord God, long after we have declared them. And so we give you praise. We give you glory for the great thing that you have done. And for that, we are glad and rejoice this morning. And so, Father, we're just praying this morning that the, 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 the word of God will go forth today, fall on good ground, never return back to you for it until I do what you please and what and the reason for you sending it. We thank you now, God, in Jesus' name for the message this morning. Amen and amen. All right, then. What I want to speak uh, to you this morning, amen, uh, just a little subject matter that God dropped in my spirit. Does God hate people? And uh, there is some mindsets out there right now. I've kind of, you know, read some, some postings on social media, you know, and and, and there seems to be a, a rising of this thought resonating with some people out there because they want to tag everything that's going on and blame it on God. You know, and some people are, are, are starting to express boldly, you know, that they're sure that, you know, God must hate people, must hate America, must hate because of all this hate that's going on. But it's not coming from God. We know that. Amen. God does hate evil. God does hate, you know, sin. But he doesn't hate people. He doesn't hate his creation. Amen. He sometimes hates what they do. And we're authorized to hate what God hates, but we have to limit it to that. We don't hate people. Amen. We don't hate souls. We don't hate lives. No, it's God. And so I want to be right on top of that up front as a preacher and speaking for all these other preachers who are with me. We don't hate people, you know, because God don't hate people. We don't hate souls. We don't hate lives. You know, we don't hate, you know, what, what, what God doesn't hate. So we try to line up with what God hates. And we know he hates lies. He hates, you know, hatred, you know, he hates evil, you know, and so we, we, God is all about the truth. He is the truth. Amen. And so for those out there, man, who are listening to me right now, wondering, God does not hate you. He does not hate people. Don't blame him for all this stuff that's going on right now. You know, this is man left to himself, you know, but a few days full of evil. God has told us that. And if you read your word, you'll know that. And so let's not blame God for what's going on. Let's seek God to try to help us solve what's going on. He's got the power to do it. So let me just talk a little bit about this word hate, amen, because you're probably going to hear this uh, all throughout today, you know, as we come back. And, and, and we want to deal with this because hate is a very dangerous uh, emotional thing that can lead to murder. It can lead to, you know, lead to a, a injuries, loss of life, innocent people getting killed, just being in the wrong place at the right time, or even in the right place at the right time, your own house, and somebody decided to drive to your neighborhood full of hate and rage, man, just shoot up with a 30-clip magazine, shoot up the house, shoot the baby in the crib. People just, you know, hate would drive people to do things like that. That's why it's so dangerous. But that's not God. Those are not his methods. That's not God's way of solving problems. So let's not slip into that slippery slope and blame God for the hatred and the violence and domestic stuff that we see going on out there. Pastor Phoebe told us yesterday that we just pray. If people would just pray, we can stop a lot of this stuff from going on. But we got to have more people praying because the scripture taught us in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, Jesus said, if my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from hate, turn from their wicked ways, you know, that he would hear from heaven. 
and that he would forgive our sins and heal our land. Hate is a sin, y'all, you know, because we're not authorized, according to God, to hate nobody. You know, we're hating what God created, amen? And he would prefer love because he said love is the greatest commandment from God, you know, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your strength, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. You know, he said, by this shall men know that you are, you know, that you love the brethren, they'll know that you are my disciples, you know. And so love is so powerful. So hate means this. Hate means to feel intense or passionate dislike for someone. And I'll say something or some place, you know, because people are destroying things and places right now too out of hate. And if there are people there, they don't care. They ignore life. They'll go and destroy them too. I've seen, you know, I've, I've read articles and seen pictures and videos where people burn down houses with babies and then family members and grandparents and they don't care. Just and sometimes it's family members. But Jesus has warned us. He said, in the world you live in, you're going to have trials and tribulations like this. You're going to have people that's going to hate. You're going to have daughters that's going to hate mothers. And mothers are going to hate daughters and fathers to sons and sons. But Jesus said in the end, before I come back, I'm going to turn their hearts back toward each other. But yet we need to understand the power of hate, the devastation of hate. Amen. It has a strong aversion to something. That means, you know, it's, it, it's, it gets so strong and so emotional you know, it's like you want to treat it like it don't matter or it don't exist, you know. And if it's, if it's standing in your way, you want to get rid of it, you know, so that it's not in your way anymore. And that could be people, places, and things. No limit to what you'll go to if, you, if that emotion is that strong. And then he said, when it's used politely to express one's regret or being embarrassed, you know, or embarrassed at doing something. You know how people get sometimes, you doing something, they don't like it. They just hate you just because you're doing it, you know, just no other reason, just because you started doing it first, just because you do it better. You have that out there. All these are things that trigger people to hate you, be jealous of you, to be envious of you. And it just promotes a lot of division and strife when God is trying to promote spiritual harmony. He's all about love. You know, he wants our heart to be filled with love. That's why he said in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 5, he's going to shed love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. This is what Paul was teaching the Romans which has some problem with hating the and the Romans hated the Jews. They wanted to put them in a little church and keep them right there. As long as they stayed there, didn't go outside of that with their influence, they were fine. But I thank God that Paul loved God so much. Paul took the little favor that, that, that Caesar gave them. And Paul poured into that church and poured into that church and poured into that church. And before you know it, that, that, that message that Paul was teaching in that little church and having taught in that little church in Rome, right there with Caesar to keep an eye on it, Man, some of those Romans got converted. They got converted. See, that's what love would do. You know, it don't take much, you know, but that's what love would do. And some of them started getting converted. Almost either got converted. You know, that's what love would do. It'll draw your enemies. You know, it'll, it'll make them be at peace with you. Mm -hmm. You know, and so God is, is he's, he's totally anti-hate, you know, for just hate for the sake of hate. He's about love. His nature is love. And so love would cancel out all those fears that, drive people to hate people and they feel like if I eliminate you, I ain't got to worry about you. You ain't no threat to me. And that's when it leads to murder. And so we want to be able to address that and give you some other options. So I want to, I want to bring a, a teaching to you this morning or an awareness to you this morning. You may be fully familiar with what I'm getting ready to talk about over in the book of Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Uh, you know, this, is, this is the solution, one of the solutions. Uh, God's got many in his word, outlining his word, but he just drew me here to kind of set up, you know, some things I want to talk about in Leo hate and get a perspective here of how God looks at the situation, how God looks at us. You know, I would tell you this, 
When God looks down on his creation, I don't care where you are in life right now. I don't care where your choices have brought you in life right now. If you still on this earth and you still breathing, you still got breath in your body, that means you still have time to get it right. That means you still have time to get under this umbrella of blessing so God can bless you. I don't care how much sin you did last night or the last 20 nights. What, what God has done is given you time if you're still breathing, you know, to, to make a decision. I'm going to start today living my life in light of eternity because your life is like a vapor now. And so if you're still breathing, that means God's still blessing you. Even though you may be out there practicing sin, the blessing is he's still giving you opportunity to repent and come out of your sin. Because once, once you lose your life out there in the wages of sin, which is death, there's no getting it right. So you missed the opportunity for that love. You missed the opportunity to be blessed. This is the one opportunity that you're going to get. And you've got to begin today to live your life in light of eternity. Okay? If not, you've got to remember now, hate is out there looking to murder somebody. Hate is out there, man, looking to be jealous without a cause. Hate is out there, man, to kill, steal, and destroy you. And the Lord is standing by because he wants to save you. That's why he have ministers and pastors like us using us to get this message out, using our voice, man, to tell you that hate is dangerous. It leads to murder. You could lose your life out there. But if you in Christ Jesus and you lose your physical life, though you be dead, yet shall you live again. That is not the case if you don't accept him now while you got breath in your body. It's over. Then the only thing you have left is a great white throne judgment. And you can't be up in there perpetrating no fraud then. He's going to look at you and say, mm, your name is not written in this Lamb book of life. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, and be cast in the outer darkness with every gnashing and gnashing of teeth. And that's it. That's going to be where you spend eternity. And this is the one window of opportunity you get right here. So let's look at how the Lord talked about all these different categories of people, man, that the Lord addressed when he was teaching his disciples because he wanted them to see things the way he sees things, pastors. You know, and that's yes. so key right there. We're trying to see things through God's perspective. Come on. We preaching. Now, I can't say this for every preacher. And if you're out there and you hear me preachers, I want to tell you to gravitate your messages, man, to God's perspective. If you are just teaching, my wife taught us a while ago, just start with the word, stay with the word, and you will end with the word. And when you end with the word, you will have the word. Jesus will keep preaching until you see Jesus, who is the word. He is the living word. He's the incarnated word of God. What we have now, we have his written word. Okay, that can be transformed into rhema word if we take it off these pages and teach it to the people. Okay, it'll take on a it's, it's living. It's actually Jesus. We're giving them Jesus when we give them the word. So don't water it down, mix a little bit of this and mix a little bit of that, and thinking you're going to get the pure, unadulterated result that God intended. He sent His word for a particular purpose. That was that the people might have life. Okay. They may have life. Not that they may accumulate more stuff. Don't manipulate the scriptures. Cut it straight. But you have to study to show yourself approved in the God as a workman who need not be ashamed so you can rightly divide the word of truth. Cut it straight. Don't add a little bit of your tradition. Don't mix a little bit of this. Don't come with no enticing words. Don't come with no philosophy. Paul said, I didn't go that way. Don't you come that way. I came with a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. You know, and so that's how we have to come, preachers. So I'm just trying to as I try to help you, I'm helping myself too because we all going to have to be on one accord. You got 4,200 different teachings and influence and persuasions out there right now because people are not satisfied with the unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of truth. You know, they look at it and they see a couple of these and thousands in there and they say, ah, man, that's too hard to un understand. No, get the proper tools, get your concordance, get you some Hebrew and learn all of that. 
There's a message there, and that's the message the Lord won't resonate with his people. That's the truth, that moral, ethical truth, where you add nothing to it, you take nothing from it. It ain't watered down. It's powerful, though. It's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates. It cuts asunder between the dividing of soul and spirit. It gets down and discerns the thoughts and intents of a man or a woman, you know, and it frees them. It cuts them free. It breaks them free, and their lives will never be the same. And so I'm speaking to you out there, preachers. Let's get back to treat preaching and teaching sound doctrine and let the Holy Ghost do the work in the heart to convict people and we want them to come to Jesus not to, not to, not to you or me too many of us are accumulating of people that will serve us and do things for us when we should be uh, trying to get people to get into a relationship with Jesus Christ before he returns and so let's go here man and see how, how the Lord instructs his disciples to instruct the people to start out by telling them who's blessed and who's not so let's look here in verse 1 of the book of uh, Matthew chapter 5, he says, and seeing the multitudes, that's the key right there, you got to see the multitudes, and the multitudes Jesus is addressing here, not all the multitude out there had it together, you had poor people, you had, a, you had a mixed race of people, you had some Jews, you had some Gentiles, you had a multitude of people, and I love the language of Jesus, how he addresses his crowd, he says, seeing the multitude, in other words, see Jesus' perspective, Jesus sees everybody where they're at, where they're not at. He hear what they're saying. It's amazing how Jesus is all-knowing. Jesus is all-present. Jesus is all-powerful. And he's all-benevolent. He's all-loving. There's no place that you're going to be where there's human life and Jesus is not there. Don't ask me how he does that. He just says, I'm all-present. You know, I'm all-powerful. I have to believe that he is. Amen. There's no place that we'll ever be that he's not. David wrote this, I think, in the book of Psalm chapter 139, you know, you know, the early verses there. He talked about that. Nowhere I can go that I'm out of your presence. He said, if I descend all the way above the heavens, you're there. If I descend all the way below Hades, you're there. He said, such knowledge is just too much for me. I can't comprehend it, but I'll believe it because you're there. And he said, whatever you do, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. <clears throat> Why David was so so stuck and so drawn to the Holy Spirit, he knew that all the wisdom that he was receiving from God, only the spirit of truth could help him understand it. Don't try to use your own intellect. Don't try to lead your own understanding. And that's what has happened to a lot of us out there, man, that's preaching some kind of watered-down doctrine. That's why you have 4,200 different denominations, persuasions, influences, and teaching out there. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit, so they're trying to use their spiritual intellect Okay, to try to discern a spiritual message. You can't do it. Light and darkness can't walk together. You'll get close. You'll give your theological talk, talking points, your 10 talking points and all that. But when you need the breakthrough, it's the power of the gospel. Paul said it's the power of the gospel. Paul was an educated man, you know. But Paul knew he needed the Holy Spirit to be effective. And God blessed him, filled him, you know. And he was, he was tough, man, but it was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit, okay? So if you're trying to teach and preach without the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about just saying you have the Holy Spirit. It's got to be obvious. It's got to be obvious. And if you're trying to teach in your own ability and skill, leaning towards your own understanding, not acknowledging Him, God has no obligation, man, to bring nothing you say to pass. You know, I'll be saying, I tell people something, where's the proof? If you got all that power, you got all this, you got, where's the proof? You know, where is the proof? Just because you can raise $100,000 in a church service, that ain't no proof. But if them people who rolled up in there and wrote them checks in a wheelchair rolled out of there in a wheelchair, you know, where's the power? He said, you know, you have the word, you have the gift of gab, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. He said, but 
the kingdom of God is not just in word only. It got to be followed by some power. Jesus. You know, some people got to be getting healed. Some people got to be getting delivered. Their life got to be changed. They came in the presence of God. So you said the anointing was on you. And they leave some in worse shape than when they came and some, you know, <laughs> you know. But, but where's the power? Where's all this power? I'm not talking about charisma and hype and all that, you know, because zeal ain't no meal. The Lord told Peter, feed my sheep. So you can have all the zeal in the world, ate up with zeal. But where's the power, you know? Where's the power? Where's the meal? I'm talking about the real meal, the word of God. And so let's look at what Jesus told them. He said, and seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain. This is how you saw the problem. Go somewhere and pray until you get in touch with God and then come back down and you have something to say. He says, and when he was set, when he was ready, some, some folk going out here preaching, man, you ain't ready to preach. You ain't ready to tell nobody about Jesus because you ain't even got it right with Jesus. He said, and his disciples came unto him, his followers, his disciples came unto him. Don't go to your worshipful master. Don't go to your best buddy. Don't go to, you know, the old deacon who's still smoking cigars. But you got to go to him to get this thing right. He got to anoint you. He got to send you out. You know, just because it's been in the church, been in the family 150 years, don't mean that your, your, you know, your grandson who's still living out there in the world and doing all kind of riots and drinking and, you know, and homonging and whatever they're doing out there. And just because he's next in line don't mean he's ready to be no pastor. You got a lot of that stuff going on right now. But we need to go to Jesus. And when Jesus releases us, then it'll work. It'll work the way the Lord wanted it to work. Okay? And he says, and he opened his mouth and taught them. So don't try to teach nobody if you ain't never been taught. Saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. I love this, man. Everything starts right here. Until you can get yourself fixed where you're poor at. And you might own all kind of stuff. You may have suits, clothes, cars, airplanes. But if you poor in spirit, you're not going to be very effective. I love what the Lord is saying here. For there is, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be confident. What he's saying right here is, when you poor in spirit, don't treat it as something that's embarrassing. Treat it as humility. Treat it as, Lord, I'm not going to be able to do anything without your help. The poor you are in spirit, the more power God going to give you. Now, if you go in there, man, you so pumped up and, you know, you got your spirit of arrogance and you think you all of this more hotter than you ought to be, you got to humble yourself. The Lord loves people, the blessed people who are poor in spirit. I can't do none of this without him. Because it's not my spirit, it's his spirit. My spirit is just, it's not going to do it. But his spirit has got all the power. When he comes on you, that's when you're going to receive power. You'll be able to do all things if you're led by the spirit. And so he said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. In other words, God wants people to humble themselves. Then he can use them because he'll be the one that raised you up. But if you let somebody else raise you up, as they said in, 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 said in, say in the large, we got, I got raised up to a third degree. I got raised up to a 33rd degree. You know, that ain't, y'all ain't interested in that. And then they send you out there in a the church, man, and you, you, you out there, man, courting all the women, treating your wife, man, like she don't matter. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then they look at you talking about, well, they just a man, you know, man, go, man, you know, God know the heart. Yeah, he know the sin too. Amen. He know he ain't your master. Come on. You know. And so look at what the Lord said. He wants you humble. He wants you to be poor in spirit so he can put his spirit in you. Yeah. And he said, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He said, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be confident. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Yeah. I remember when Pastor Sherry and I got really saved up in D.C., man. Man, look, we were burnt out on life. 
on all that other stuff we were doing. We wanted something different. We started mourning for it. We knew God was doing some things in our lives. We knew he was handling us, man, in a, in a way where we were like sick and tired of what was. We wanted something different. We wanted, we wanted to serve God. We wanted to know God. You know, we'd been in and out of church, you know, and raised in church by our family, but we didn't have that present relationship. And it was something going on in our minds. It was something going on in our hearts. It was something going on in our soul. There was something missing, and we were able to recognize it. And so we started mourning. You know, we start crying out to God. You know, we didn't go run into a whole lot of people asking them what was going on. We was able to recognize that something right here phenomenal is taking place. And we began to bounce things off of each other. This, she said, we was, you know, 4,500 miles away. I'm on a mission over in, 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 in France and in Germany. She's in Fort Benning, Georgia. We talking on the phone, man, and she's saying, I don't know, I've been talking to God. And I'm over there saying, I'm talking to God. And this was all a new phenomenon for us. But it was coming from within us. Something was changing. Something was turning. Something was going on. God was lining us up to bless us by freeing us. Yes. You know, by, by forgiving us of our sins. Because he had another plan that he was introducing us to. And when we felt that, we knew that that was something beyond the natural. We didn't know. We, we knew it was something that's out of this. It was blowing our minds. And we wanted to know more about it. What is it? It was him, so we began to cry out. We began to mourn. We began to be broken before God. And before you know it, God revealed to us what it was. It was his plan of salvation for us. He had customized it personally for us, for us and our family and our kids. And we wanted it. And we mourned for it. And we hunger for it. And we thirst for it. And before you know it, we found ourselves in a place, man, where God just totally blotted out our past. And put his spirit in us and sealed us. And healed us, forgave us, cleaned us up. We recognized that. On, we God. totally lost the desire for anything out there in that world, man. It had robbed us from that relationship previously. Come on, Pastor. And we were able to know that, man, God does answer prayer. God does hear you when you cry. God do show you great and mighty things if you would just turn to him, mourn for him, weep for him. Make it personal. Forget about everybody else. Separate yourself from all them, 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 those friends who shared in your sin. And just test God, prove God. He, I'm telling you, he will show up and he'll do exactly what he said he was going to do. So we just went to God, broken. You know, maybe a little frustration there, didn't know really what was going on. We just do something above and beyond us, man, was taking place. And we wanted answers. We wanted to know. And so we started calling on God and he took us places, man, we had never been before. And before you know it, we found ourselves, man, in love with Jesus, personally, intimately. And we craved and we wanted more. We hungered. And then we started hearing that he would feel if you hunger and thirst for his righteousness, <coughs> you shall be filled. What a blessing. Didn't only fill us, he sealed us, he healed us, forgave us. You know, then we started walking in the victory. We didn't know the victory fully that time, but we knew we was walking different than we had been. We knew we was in a new place and, and, and seemed like stress and anxiety was gone. We was loving it. We were loving learning about him. You know, the hunger was being addressed. The thirst was being addressed. And it wasn't by just man. It was God himself, you know. And so this is what he's saying here. Made us very meek, humbled us. And we started hearing about the promises of God, things I'd never heard before, how personal it was, you know. Like, wow, I can have that. God will do that. That's what he promised. Then he goes on to say, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. We discovered that. We learned that. And that wasn't just, that's, this is not just for us. This is for all the us is out there. 
know, that have not yet experienced it. There's other us's. Y'all hear me out, the us's? Uh, uh, There's some on. other us's out there. God want to bless you. He want to feel you. He want to seal you. He want to heal you. He want to give you the victory. Glory God. So if you one of those us's this morning, that's okay. Hear this, you know, receive it, yes, and ask God to bless you with it. Ask him to feel you. Oh, it takes a little hunger and a little thirst. And then he goes on to say, For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Stop hating people and humble yourself. Stop hating people because they may be a little better off than you. Stop hating people because they drive a car that you 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 trying to cover. You know, they wear better clothes. They look better. You know, they're the right size and you may be a little plump. Stop hating people just to be hating people. Stop hating people for foolish stuff. Ah, he yes. said, "Be merciful. Just That's have it. some mercy on everybody." That's it. Come on, I never thought me and my wife would be riding to Walmart, man, and see a, a white fella that with a sign saying, "You know, give me a quarter, buy me some food. I work for this," and we would pull money out of our pocket and give it to him. We still, I mean, we you know when God saved you, man, your whole life changed. Yeah, you, you see things totally different. You feel the Holy Spirit saying it's safe to go ahead and give him that. I, I just a reference the other day. We was we was somewhere coming out of Walmart parking lot. We started praying. My wife said, "All I got." I think she said a twenty dollar bill. Man, before I got saved, I said twenty dollars. You better give him some quarters. But something hit me, man, and she looked at me and she said, I don't have no change. We weren't going to turn around and go back and Walmart and get on change, but some mercy just hit us because God yes. didn't I just give them the whole thing. Yes, Lord. Made that person day. You know. That's why we receive mercy because we sow in mercy. Right. We show mercy. And look at what God said about the merciful. You know. He said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Come on, new mercy came in this house this morning. Glory to God. Comes every morning. Every morning. You know, blessed are the pure in heart. The word is what purifies your heart. But they shall see God. So we said we're going to see God. Why? Because we put in the word in our hearts that we don't sin against God. We eat in the word. It renews our mind. We think differently. We speak differently. We love people differently. We love God differently than we loved him before because we didn't know him. How could we love him? We didn't know him before. You know, we didn't know he was so loving. We didn't know he was. Now we know. And so we're looking forward to seeing God, the one who loves us so much that he gave his son. Then he said, blessed are the peacemakers. I love this one. Blessed are the peacemakers, but they shall be called the children of God. Come on, children. That just excites me, man. We ain't out here, man, hating nobody. We ain't out here trying to hurt nobody. We're peacemakers. Yeah. Sometimes it may not seem like it, but take my word for it. I don't want to fight with you. Come on. I'd rather be at peace with you. Come on. I'm seeking peace and pursuing it. Lord, to seek peace with all men. For without, there will be no, you know, there ain't no blessing. You know, there is no victory, you know. So we want peace, not hate, you know. For they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Stop lying on God. You know, you know what you did. You provoked the person. You ticked the person off. You didn't do any of the above. And now you got a problem and don't blame God, you know. You're not being persecuted for righteousness' sake, you know. Some of you don't even know God, but you're being persecuted. But those who know God, you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. You can, you can stake your claim on that. You know why. Jesus said they hated me, they're going to hate you. For righteousness' sake, but theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Don't lose sight of that last precept now. That means that any suffering you go through, the Lord already made you a promise. If you suffer with me, you're going to reign with me. Come on. Come on. You know. If you die for me, you're going to live with me. Come on. So that ain't the end of it just because you're suffering. 
Go ahead on and, and, and do yourself some, you know, some justice and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those people who speak out, man, or even do all kinds of things to try to harm you. You know, if they succeed, it's because God allowed it. You're still blessed. Come on. You know, God is not going to take away what he promised you. If you suffering and being persecuted for righteousness sake, he ain't like that. Not a man that he should lie. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. That's what makes us so blessed, you know, even in persecution. He said, blessed are ye when men shall revile you. In other words, they're going to say everything contributes to what they know to be right, Come even on. if they know it's right. Uh-huh. Just because it's you, they're going to revile you. But don't you revile nobody else in return, you know, because vengeance is God. Yes, you know, yes. Don't you be a reviler now. If people revile you, in, in other words, they're, they're totally the opposite of everything you say. You ever met people like that? They know you're right, but they're just against it because they don't like you. They just want to be, they, they hate the sight of you. Come on. So they're just going to be against what you say just to be against what you say. They don't care. You know, they don't care. They're, they're not that deeply enthused by you. You know, so they're going to revile you. They will revile you. That's what the Lord said. They will revile you. Amen. Let's go a little further right here. And he says, and persecute you and shall say, oh, there it is, all men of evil against you falsely for my sake. That's different. Rejoice. There's our answer. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Listen at this now. Ye are, now this is what the Lord is saying to his disciples. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall ye be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under the bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy it but to fulfill. He didn't come hating nothing but sin. He didn't come to destroy nothing. Came to save it all. For verily I say unto you, to heaven and earth pass, not one joke or one tittle shall in no way wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, I hope you hear me preacher, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, hear me preachers, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say, and teachers out there, for I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whatsoever... And it says, and whosoever shall kill shall be in the danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thy fool shall be in danger of hell fire. And that word rocker is like calling your brother stupid, even though you don't understand what they're doing, you know, stupid and calling them a fool, okay, is not going to help them, okay, it's going to anger them, it's going to cause them to hate you, 
Okay, he says, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there remember it that thou brother hath ought against thee. God always gives us a strategy and a plan to fix things, y'all, that we mess up. Leave there thy gift before the altar and go to thy, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother. Don't yes. just leave it undone. And then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly. Another strategy how to deal with your adversary. You don't have to go along with what they're doing, but just agree with them and move on. While thou art in the way with him, at least at any time the adversary deliver thee to be judged, and the judge deliver thee to, to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. That last word, uh, a, a verse right there is very powerful. Okay, be very careful sometimes how you, how you close out a, a conversation with some of your adversaries. People sometimes record what you say, and they'll try to sue you for slander. That's why in ministry, you got to be very, very careful what you say to people about people. Yes. You know, because people are always up to schemes. And they always, man, want to try to get the advantage or get the edge. They're looking, people looking for easy, quick money, easy, quick solutions. Come on. So be very careful. That's why I love what my wife said a few weeks ago. Always start with the word, stay with the word, and you never have to do anything because the word defends itself. Yes. But if I attach on my disgust, my feelings, my emotions, what I think about you, my opinion... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving myself open. And there's what the conclusion can be. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. We know without a, a, a doubt, you do not hate people. You love people. That's why you sent your son to die. And so, Father, you want us, Lord God, as you taught your disciples to understand and know how blessed we are and how to be blessed, even in every one of these situations and circumstances that addresses life. You've given us a pretty good scope here. You've given us a real good vision of, of various situations yes. and circumstances that we could find ourselves in. And so, Father, but you said, oh, Lord God, just be aware, Lord God, of the many, many different ways that we can be attacked and challenged and threatened. And, Father God, you said, God, we're to be very, very ever so humble and careful how we respond to the persecutors, how we respond, Lord God, to those who hate us, oh God, those who speak all manner against us, those who revile us, oh Lord God. These are the, the different societies, the cultures, the mindsets, the spirits that are out there that we're going to have to be aware of and knowledgeable of. But God, look at what you said. You gave us instruction and strategy how to deal with them. And you said we'll be blessed if we do it your way. And so this morning, as we look through your perspective, when we look through the lenses of the gospel, your teaching to your followers, the disciples, those who are going to go out and continue the work that you started as we are doing today, God. We are the Peters and we're, we're the Pauls and we are the proclaimers of the good news of the gospel. And Father, we are to be aware, Lord God, of what you want us to do, Lord God. And Father, the more poor we are in the spirit, Lord God, we know you fill us up with more of your spirit and it's no longer our spirit that's worn against your spirit, but it's your spirit that is leading us, giving us the power to be in a effective witness, oh God, to the multitudes that are out there. You looked out and you saw the multitudes. Open our eyes today yes. that we can see the multitude of lost men and women that are yes. out there right now. Yes. We can see the backslider that are out there right now, more confused than before they left. We can see the prodigal sons and daughters struggling out there in the big pens of life. Lord God, wanting to go back but too yes. full of pride and embarrassment and shame. We can see the immature Christian out there trying to fake it to make it, Lord God, yes. trying to be someone that they're not, Lord God. And we can see the mature mature Christians out there acting as though they are mature and are not yes. mature. But God, we just give you the praise and go in the honor yes. right now, Lord God. For Father, we 
thank you that you have told us, God, that we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us and, and, and misuse and abuse us. And you told your disciples, look, you go and teach what you were taught. And so, Father, we pray for the preachers out there right now, God, that's making up gospel, Lord God, that, that's teaching everything but the unadulterated, infallible word of truth, Lord God. And so, Father, we're praying right now that you sanctify the pulpits, oh God. Sanctify the teachers, oh God. Sanctify the preachers, oh God, with thy word. For thy word is truth, as you told the Father in the book of John chapter 17, as you prayed for those disciples that were going to be left behind to continue preaching and teaching the gospel, the sound doctrine. You prayed for them, that the Father would sanctify them with thy word, because thy word is truth. We're praying today, as we hear together in agreement, we touch and agree, that you would send forth a wind of the doctrine of Jesus Christ right now, God, to just blow out everything in the pulpit right now that's not of God, all the false teaching, false prophecies, things out there, God, that are that are watered down, Lord God. Father God, but we want to pray that the pure, unadulterated, infallible word of God be preached and be taught by everyone, Lord God, that bear the, the label of a minister or a teacher of the gospel. Let it be sound doctrine spoken in love without compromise, that the people of God may hear the truth and be made free, God, and lives change, O oh Lord God. And so we give you the praise to go down because you watch over your word to perform it, and you want us to put people in remembrance of it. And so, Father, you said if we don't, Lord God, we have lost our Savior, and we're good for nothing but to be trodden under the foot of come men. On, and so, on. Father, we pray today in the come name on. of Jesus that you will forgive us for, for any false teaching, any false doctrine, any mistakes, anything, on, God, that we now. added to it, or Lord God, or took from your word, God. And we're praying today in the name of Jesus in that you put your word Jesus. in our mouth, on our tongue. Help us to keep it in our hands that we can open your Bible and read it, Lord God. Study it, memorize it, Lord God. Meditate on it, Lord God, and hear it over and over again that it may renew our minds and renew our lives and bring us into... <clears throat> conforming to your word, that your word in us may become one, Lord God, that we be living epistles, oh God, that we can represent you and represent you well, because we have your word readily available in every situation and circumstance, to speak your word instant, in season and out of season, publishing it and declaring it, Lord God, and so men and women, the multitudes can hear your word, and you said until it is heard and offered to all those creatures out there, you would not come back, Lord God, and sit on that throne, and so Father, we thank you and praise you this morning. For the word of the Lord going forth today, even today, continues throughout our service. We're praying, Lord God, that there will be echoes, that there will be publishing, that there will be a constant reminder of what you taught in your word, Lord God. And so we consider it a blessing today, God. You said blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And so, Father, we understand. We humbly submit ourselves to you right now as preachers and teachers wanting to be used by you, making ourselves available right now, Lord God. Help us today. Hide your word in our heart. Renew our minds with your word, Lord God. That, Father, we will be proclaimers of the gospel, the good news, yes. Lord God, that your people will be saved. You want your people that know the truth, and the truth make them free. And that the sun sets them free, then they are free indeed. And so we're praying, Father, everyone that heard our voices, I heard the message today, that even right now some minds are being changed. Even right now some hearts, Lord God, are being penetrated. Even right now some thoughts and intents, Lord God, right now, God, that blame you for and hate it. So you hated them, Lord God, because of the struggles and the struggles in the situation that they're up against. But God, today in the name of Jesus, I pray, Holy Ghost, that you erase that out of their mind right now. That that spirit of hatred be counseled right now and replaced with the spirit of love and understanding. 
and wisdom right now, Lord God, that they can make a better, more quality decision right now, God, that they can behold and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation in these passages of Scripture that we gave today in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through through, uh, 13, Lord, and we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor. Amen and amen. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, that concludes.